Hello, Europeans. This is a difficult time for all of us. Losing Barracuda is like losing a parent and also a child. But at European videos, we think that Barracuda wouldn't want us to be sad that he was dead. He'd want us to be glad that he had been alive. And also maybe vengeful. In that spirit, we want to celebrate his existence by reissuing an older episode. The most popular we ever made by a long margin. It sold millions, which is extraordinary when you remember that these videos are freely distributed for internal training purposes only. This is a difficult time for all of us. We hope that playing this episode once more brings you solace and maybe even joy. Once again, today, Barracuda. the mechanisms and function of the European Union going forward into the 21st century. Or, quid, pro, euro. This is a European Videos production. We're nearly at the end of 1995. A year for the history books. But what's next as we leave this decade, this century, and this thousandry? In this series, we're going to find out. Today, Barracuda! It's a very special day in the European Union. Today is Barracuda's birthday. The leader of Europe is celebrating 60 years and everyone is waiting to find out which city he has chosen to throw him a party. It's Paris. Uh, hello, uh, it's Alex. I used to work with Barracuda when he uh, had his uh, offices at the Palais de Versailles. Uh, I was actually, I was a gardener there, and uh, I know many people probably think that he, he doesn't make the time to uh, to visit everyone, but uh, he, he did. I remember Barracuda decided to go on a, a tour of the vegetable garden, and uh, people came to get me saying, Barracuda is coming into the garden. And he seemed very impressed with the the amount of food we have. And I, I, I spoke with him, and he uh, he asked me if I had uh, any kids, any children. And um, you know, I, I didn't uh, at the time, and I was quite happy uh, not to have any. But I, I always remember that night. I, I came back to my house, and at my kitchen table, I found two two young children, a, a boy and a girl, six and ten, and well, uh, now I have my little Marie and Thomas. I mean, I always thought that I, I didn't want children. You know, I'm very independent. I, I have quite a, a big responsibility at Versailles. You can imagine that, uh, you know, very many children to take care of. But that was uh, one of the highlights of uh, my career to have him come all the way out to 
you know, outside where I am working. He's a very important man. And, you know, uh, it might sound a bit cliche, but uh, I truly believe that you are what you eat. And so for him to have, uh, you know, the, the produce that uh, I have been in charge of and that I have, you know, helped create to have that uh, be part of the diet, I was, I was so proud. It's the moment I am going to, uh, I do tell my children and I know that they are going to, uh, to remember it for a long time. And it's a, it was a very special moment. Paris, the city that never grew up. People come to Paris from all over the Union when they need to regress, to turn back into who they were before they acquired the burdensome indicators of adulthood, like mortgages and my children. Look, there's a wide-eyed young violinist out by the river sharing a bottle of wine with a wise old biker gang. <laughs> Hello, yeah, my name is Alex. I'm an administrator for what um, in Germany we call a, a private kindergarten. Uh, translates roughly as a private kindergarten uh, in Munich. Uh, I met uh, Barracuda when he was a young man. He was hitchhiking in uh, Bavaria around München, uh, where I've always lived. And uh, he had his thumb out, so I stopped my car and uh, I gave him a lift. And um, he said, if I ever needed a favor, I could uh, contact him. Um, I did recently. Um, I, I needed a favor from him. So um, last year, a, uh, a rival private kindergarten um, had opened uh, not so far from me, just across the road, really and took a lot of our business and uh so i called barracuda i had his number still and um the so next day very next day all the children in the rival uh private nursery they went on strike yeah and it turned out that the police they had found a landmine in one of the cots <laughs> yeah and of course um children you know they have very strong unions and as uh, it boycotted that school and it had to close down and uh, now i have all the business again um the kindergarten business for me it's not just business it's very very personal um i was a child myself um quite a long time ago and um i think when i look at my life i and i think about when i was the best uh, the best possible version of me. I think that was probably when, when I was a kindergarten age child. Um, it's about myself and um, like taking care of myself, really. I just wanted to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. The event will start here, on the Champ de Mars, the green space which sits at the base of the Eiffel Tower. The Eiffel Tower was named after one of the founding fathers of 19th century industrial architecture, Gustave Eiffel. Gustave Eiffel was named after his grandfather, Gustave Eiffel, who was named for his great-grandfather, Gustave Eiffel, who was named for his uncle, Gustave Eiffel, who was named for his father, Gustave Eiffel, who was named for his father, Gustave Eiffel, who was named for the mayor of the village of Eiffel, who was called 
Monsieur Gustave, and who was named for his great-grandfather, Monsieur Gustave, who was named after a character in a book, Le Grand Gustave, which was a satirical allusion to a local nobleman called Monsieur Le Grand, whose name dates back through his ancestors to a very tall man called Jean, nicknamed Jean Le Grand, who, as a particularly skeptical man, was also called Jean Monet, Monet being a common expression of disbelief. Jean Monet often shared his name with his identical twin brother, Jean Monet, who would go on to have many children. Over the centuries, the Monet surname was corrupted and shortened, but survived nevertheless, like an old farmhouse dairy full of interchangeable cows. Cows are named after one of the founding fathers of the European Union, Jean Monnet. At the bottom of the Eiffel Tower, first thing this morning, sound engineer Sigolène is making sure the whole city will hear the celebrations. She has a team climbing to the top of the tower, filling every gap in the frame with sound cones. Then they cover over the gaps with a metallic black mesh. The effect is of a tall, thin, pyramid-shaped amplifier, which is what it is. The final step is connecting the Eiffel Tower to a Walkman. At the other end of the Champ de Mars, the finest baguette maker in France is in charge of security. Fences are set up everywhere. To be safe, he has extended the fence-building program to the whole city. Every street is blocked off at both ends. One unintended consequence is that each street has immediately declared itself a separate nation and is now negotiating treaties with all the others by shouting across the rooftops. Hi, I'm Alex. And I'm Alex. <laughs> I'm originally from Doddington. And I come from Alconbury, so we're both from Cambridgeshire. Yeah, but not Cambridge. No. Um, we met Barracuda when we were on trial for treason. Yeah, that's right, right. <laughs> we were. I remember I was the mastermind oh, behind yeah. giving the nuclear codes away. And I tricked you. You were working as an IT technician at yes, the time, weren't you? Yes, that's right. Very lowly. Um, I, I don't know whether you've ever worked in IT, but when you work in IT, it is the most soul-destroying job anyone uh, could ever have. Uh, you have to sort out. Imagine, you know when you go home to see your parents at Christmas and they ask you to do all the updates on their computer and just there's so many viruses. Imagine oh, that, oh, but it's 365 days of Christmas a year. Alex, That's over. what it's like. Both it's okay. Being... In IT. No, I know. And and so then, I mean, I, this sort of thrust upon you, really, wasn't yeah. it, Alex? Yeah, because the nuclear codes business and the trial in The Hague, that was a, that was a party in comparison to being <laughs> an IT person. So we both ended up on trial together as conspiracies. Yeah. Well, it was sort of, it was two consecutive trials, um, with yeah. a couple of days overlapping in the middle, but... Um, so we uh, gave away nuclear codes to Oslo, basically. That's yes, what that's the whole right. thing that's was what about. That's what the whole thing was about. Um, wouldn't you know it... Up in the gallery watching the trial was none other than Barracuda. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, I mean, the first impression you get is just one of absolute awe, isn't it? Yeah. Because he's got his 
he's always got his shirt split right down to his navel, like un- yeah. unbuttoned. And all of the sort of gold jewelry. I know it's astonishing. At first, I thought that there was a, a sort of angelic choir, sort of a sort of a. Ah. He thought we were very enterprising. Yes, that's right. And he invited us to his study after the trial to work for him. Um, there we were. Um, he found the two of us too bulky, um, two yeah. bodies. So he likes to have quite a sort of streamlined work. Streamlined, workforce. yes. Um, so he cut us in half and, and sewed us together. Mm. Um, uh, I'd say, well, excuse me for being presumptuous in saying this, but I'd say we've both found a best friend. Thank you. Thank you, Barracuda. It is just after lunchtime. In this tent, brasserie owner Bruno is in charge of the evening's refreshments. Bruno wants to make an impression and has partnered with the Musée d'Orsay to draw inspiration from the finest depictions of food and drink in the last 500 years. Surrounded by the most famous artwork in the world, Bruno is making clothes on his sewing machine to dress champagne bottles like Dutch peasants in a Vermeer painting. He puts a bonnet on a bottle of Dom Perignon and adjusts it so that the bottle appears to be pouring a jug of milk into a bowl. What do you think, Bruno? (sighs) Magnificent. Hello, um, my name is Alex. Um, I'm Bulgarian, and uh, but I live in Sweden. And uh, I work uh, for Sport Life. Um, I'm in their communications uh, division. Uh, Sport Life is a uh, uh, chewing gum brand. It's very popular. Oh, the culture in uh, the gum world is uh, very macho. Yeah, you have to be uh, tough. And... Um, very recently, I um, I took part in a charity fundraising uh, foot race. This, you know, foot race where you you don't run, you just kind of walk, uh, and then you people give you money, and um, it uh, it went very badly, um, very badly indeed. I've lost my foot, and I thought I'm going to I'm going to ride to Barracuda. I have never actually met uh, Barracuda. I wish. Um, but uh, I had posters of him on the wall when uh, when I was growing up, and um, actually my my mother she painted a painting of Barracuda, uh, so you know we had uh, pictures of him everywhere. And I wrote to him, and he sent me a wheel, and now I have a wheel. It is wooden. Um, it's the size of a of a what's a large thing. Mm-hmm. Kind of like my chair. This is this is something I can really brag about in the back with the guys, with the gum guys. They they uh, they they always say I'm bragging about it. Oh, you've got the wheel of Barracuda, uh, and and I do brag. I it's uh, the proudest possession I own. Thank you, Barracuda. It is late in the afternoon. The sun will soon go down. Will the party be properly lit? Let's ask this crowd. To make sure the event has the very best lighting, the city of Paris has hired 338 fashion models. 
all of whom specialize in clothing catalogues. For pensioners. Before they get to work tonight, the steel-haired bombshells are finishing their aperitifs and swapping news about grandchildren, recipes for family gatherings, and tips on how best to work with clients who want to use the new Photograph Eternal macro lenses. Hey, Madame Aurélie, with your chic black glass of Aperol Spritz. What do you think? Will this birthday party have some good lighting? Madame Aurélie doesn't offer an answer, but she does offer that brazen wink that has convinced so many of us to pick up the phone and order a dark grey cardigan.
Residents of that road are still waiting for their passports to be printed. Is it a president? It's not a president. The empire of the Rue de l'Université has yet to fully structure an administration which has the capability of recognizing the status of visiting dignitaries. Is it... him? It's him. Him is the birthday boy of Europe. Barracuda. Barracuda. He gets up every day at 5.15 to make a bed, until his house is full of beds, and then he makes a house instead. Barracuda, whose contralto news bulletins keep us all sleeping well. Barracuda, the father figure's father figure. My name is Alex. Um, I am a supermarket checkout operator in Super Value in Mullingar. I met, I met Barracuda, um, when was it now? I'd say, ooh, I'd, I'd say three or four months ago. Um, he, he, he came down to Mullingar, came in, big, big news in the, in the, the local paper. Um, and, and all the national papers as well, but I, I, I only read the local one. He, he walked up to me and he said, you look like a smart lad, you know. And that, that really made me feel like life was worth living. Because I wasn't sure, you know, what I could be what I could do and, and, and I was just working in the, the supermarket to be to get a bit of money together or or just to just I was just waiting to to figure out what I was gonna do with my life. But I knew in that moment that this was it. So after he said this to me, right, he said, Listen, I'm opening a chain of supermarkets and I want to see if you could show me the ropes. So I said, Yeah, come on, get back here you, you big tall bastard, yeah and he, he did, he came round, and I swear to God, without even telling them, it was like, it was, he was such a natural. It was, it was, it was pretty incredible. Um, and after that, he, he loved it so much that he, that he actually went and bought the supermarket from me, that particular branch of the supermarket. And that's where I'm calling from right now. But now, now that it's my house, I want to keep it as a home, and all the other staff... They, they they want to leave and they want to go to their own homes, but I would rather that they stay because I, I want it to be just like the day he came to Mullingar. So they all have to stay here with me. Thank you, Barracuda, for everything you've done to me and for me and at me. The word reaches Ségolène, who presses play on her Walkman, and... Oh, oh no. Nothing happened. Uh. What's going on? Uh. Of course. You forgot to plug in the Eiffel Tower. <gasps> there you go. As Barracuda arrives, Bruno pops a vast quantity of Impressionist champagne corks up into the sky where they hang and glow. A starry night indeed. 
338 OAP clothing catalogue models take up positions around the perimeter. They have struck a variety of poses. The sort that are guaranteed to sell you a pair of rugged brogues or some reading glasses on a string. Such is the mature model's shining beauty that the champagne starlight doesn't only illuminate them, but bounces back onto the field. As they change position to alleviate cramp, the lighting dances. Now that's a party. Alles gut zum Geburtstag, Barracuda. Bon anniversaire, Barracuda. Happy birthday, Barracuda. Chestitrus den den, Barracuda. La breha hona ditch, Barracuda. Happy birthday, you big, tall animal, ya. Alles gut zum Geburtstag, Barracuda. Hello, ich werde dark, Barracuda. In the 21st century, we'll always have Barracuda. This has been a European Videos production. Thank you very much for listening to this last episode of the first series of Quid Pro Euro. We're going to take a three-month break now for the summer holidays. I'm really looking forward to them. I'm off now to buy some new goggles and a snorkel. And I intend to spend the whole time in the sea so that when I step out of the sea, I dry off and I'm covered in salt, like one of those fish that's been steamed in salt. You heard a lot of my friends in this, and I want to say a big thank you to Chloe Godman, Ben Hadley, Gemma Arrowsmith, Tom Crowley, Laura Christopher, Gareth O'Connor, Hayden Wood, and Lucy Farrett. They are all actors, or improvisers, or both. Most of them I work with in an improv team called The Present Company, which is associated with a school in London called The Free Association. The Free Association is currently closed, because we cannot gather, but they are doing a lot of things online. Courses, which you can do from anywhere in the world, um, and shows, and Q&As, and so on. So do go and follow the Free Association and see what they have to offer you. Chloe Godman is also involved in another team called LGBTQFA. If you go onto the Free Association website, you'll see when they perform. Laura Christopher organises a regular night at the Signal Pub in Forest Hill, which is a part of London, uh, the night is called The Forest, after the pub. And I got to compare the last one of that to the inaugural one, which was an awful lot of fun. Tom Crowley is a, an old friend and frequent collaborator of mine. He and I work on another podcast called Wooden Overcoats, which is a sitcom about funeral directors and has just put out a new special episode recorded entirely in isolation, despite the... Uh, normally rather large cast. 
He's also the brains and creator of a podcast called Crowley Time. Hey, if you like Quid Pro Euro, you are going to love Crowley Time. It is a sketch comedy podcast in which Tom writes, plays, um, produces, designs the whole thing. And it's absolutely fabulous. If you're not yet, make sure that you are subscribed to Crowley Time. This show is produced by Zachary Forteus Gome. Zach is, I mean, you've heard his work. He's a genius. He's amazing. He's wonderful. He's going to listen to me saying this. Hi, Zach. Hey, Zach makes a really good podcast called The Orphans. It's like a, a big sci-fi epic uh, about clones. And if you like audio drama, then make sure that you are subscribed to The Orphans. If you have enjoyed this show, you can support it by going to patreon.com slash quidproeuro. And you'll get all sorts of uh, bits of extra content there. More laughs, maybe a few tears. I don't know, I don't know how you work. I mean, in theory, it should be laughs. If it's too many tears, um, well, I've, I've wildly misjudged this. Or tell a friend, or tell a journalist. I think that that's everything that I needed to plug. So the only thing left to plug is you. I promote you and all the things that you want to achieve or not achieve, the ways that you want to relax, the ways that you want to work over the next three months. And I look forward to seeing you again on the 9th of September when I will have bought a new pencil case and I will be looking forward to having a chat in double maths. Bye! <laughs>